This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Y'all to make a little. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Some get a little, and some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get none. Once again, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk with the Spain. It's yours truly. Here again with another episode for y'all. Um, I want to start off with this episode by thanking all the listeners, of course, as always. But also, I want to also remind y'all, if you are feeling this podcast or you think there's other people that may like to hear this or watch this podcast, do me a favor. If you're on YouTube, smash that bell, share that link, give me a thumbs up. I'm, it's much appreciated. Even if you just want to look at me talk and on mute or if you just want to see what i got in the background that's my money tree that likes to die on me here and there because uh you know it's probably giving me some you know so <laughs> it's probably just uh feeling the vibes right now because the winter can be very very uh interesting to the soul but nonetheless uh if you are on YouTube, do you do me a favor and just send it out to whoever. I, I appreciate all those who have been viewing or whether you're new or current listeners. Um, also, same to anybody on Spotify. Thank you for listening. Um, do me a favor, though. If you're watching this YouTube or if you're listening, excuse me, go in the comments or go into the uh, Spotify q and I'm going to leave a Q&A for all those who want me to answer any questions on a, on a future episode, uh, which will be sometime next week. I'm going to have some holiday episodes and so, uh, also a, a wrap-up of the year episode as well. Um, may have some guests, may not, but... Uh, Again, thank you for everybody who's been listening. It gives me the it gives me the energy to want to continue to record, whether it be one view, ten view, twenty views, doesn't matter. It just gives me the energy to record. Um, but of but of course, I uh, definitely want to get into our usuals. I, uh, I always uh, tackle the local sports scene. Uh, I'm going to specifically uh, focus on the Celtics and um, the Patriots uh, because they're the the most, I mean, I'm sorry to the Bruins fans. Yes. At some point, I'm definitely going to get more um, knowledgeable there. I'm just not very, like, I'm, I'm not the type of person to talk about something that I have no good knowledge on. I, I, I do want to, I, I always want to give you guys the updates on that team. They are currently playing, I believe, at the moment. Uh, last time I checked, they were like, uh, the score was 2-2 in the second quarter or second period. Um, so, I will always do what I can to make sure I uh, get them, get the the fan, the, the, you know, for those who don't know, in, in, in Boston, the Boston area, Massachusetts in general, this is a hockey town. I don't know if a lot of y'all knew that. This is a hockey town. This is not, yes, they love basketball. The, uh, actually, the Celtic, uh, the Bruins are actually um, losing 4-3 in the third period. Um, in their game, but yeah, Boston is a hockey town. You may think it's a a big Patriot, you know, area. Patriots play in Foxborough. They're considered a New England based, generally a New England based um, team. But they they gained their popularity after these championships they've won. And you, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that be like, "Oh, I was there from the beginning." Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you were there once they won against the Rams. Let's be honest, my friend. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, that's just how it goes. You, you become a fan when the winning starts. So it's going to be interesting to see how they look after the winning stops, which it has been recently. And we'll go, we'll get into that in a bit because there's some, there's been some Belichick news again. I feel like every week we have some Belichick news. Um, basketball was like the basketball and, you know, Boston, basketball and hockey, like those two pro sports. Are were like the first arena-based uh, sports in America. Um, very popular here as well. Celtics set the tone with so many championships uh, back in the day. But the Bruins, um, the Northeast is is a big is big on hockey. The Northeast going into Canada, big on hockey. The Bruins are currently twenty seven, uh, twenty. I'm sorry, eighteen 
five and four. So four overtime losses, five losses in regular uh, regulation. And have 18 wins. Um, currently, like I mentioned, they are losing to um, the New York Islanders. Oh, I'm sorry. They have tied the game. So um, I, however this goes down, they may or may not go to overtime or um, or they may or may not win. So uh, that's just my little quick Bruins take there. Um, Celtics won tonight. They beat the Orlando Magic. Um 128 to 111. They smoked them. Um, ever since the in-season tournament, they've been on a tear. Um, although there's been, you know, I believe they played the Constellation game on that Friday, which they won against the Knicks. And then they won. They've played so far three games, I believe, since then. Two of those games were back to uh, uh, home, back-to-backs kind of um they in which they're doing the same with Orlando this week this weekend. Um so they they're getting a lot of home cooking, which is good. So that's good for a team that um definitely did not give their best um and on the road against Indiana. They are absolutely a home team. The one of the better home teams, the best home team in the league right now. I think they're the only undefeated home have the though I think they're the only ones with the uh, undefeated home record. Um and that's to be expected. You're waking up in your own bed. You, you get to see your kids, your significant other. Like, you feel good. Um, you don't have to worry about getting on a plane, none of that crap. So um, a lot of good comes from that. And on top of that, um, the team is a, is a – they're a front-running team. We know we know the Celtics are, um, especially at home. They're, they're a big front-running team. Uh, although a couple uh, the first Cavs game, they, they did come from behind – and, and took took care of business, but you know, there's like like I mentioned in my last uh, a previous podcast episode that a lot of teams are going to give their best. Maybe not every evening, but they're going to give their best at the very least. Um, some might psych themselves out, like Orlando did tonight, by not you know really being prepared for this game, knowing uh, and although I I believe Orlando played last night, but the Celtics did too, so. And so those were a couple men, a couple men down. So some, some, there were some good things we saw here. Pritchard had a great game. A lot of the bench guys, role players, stepped up in in certain moments of the game. Um, so it's it's good to see that you know some developments happening here, some progress is happening. Um, and Orlando's a pretty good team, a pretty good defensive team as well. And to put up uh, 128 on them without. KP and, and Horford and you know what I'm saying like that's 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 a big deal they had no centers and Orlando's known for their height and their length so um as far as in the in the front court so um good good victory for the Celtics um my next episode I'm going to probably focus a little bit more on the NBA and give y'all my um quarter of the season predictions for awards and also my my top I'm going to do top 12 on the power rankings for um, NBA just because the way they construct things with the standings, giving us the the play-in tournament. I'm not, I don't want to mix in the the bottom four on that. Then now, now we're talking about 20. I just want to give us, give everybody the top, my top 12 of the power rankings. So that'll be the next episode, possibly that I'll speak on that. Um, I also want to talk on this, on the Patriots. I think the last time we spoke, Patriots did beat Pittsburgh Steelers last Thursday. They haven't played since last Thursday, of course, and they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday, which a lot of folks are really high on this on the Patriots this weekend. A lot. I'm not even talking about media folks. I'm talking about the fan base. They feel like because how Kansas City's last two games have been kind of uh, dud in a sense of like. Mind you, Kansas City have lost two close games. They lost to the Packers close, and they lost to the Bills close. Now, I'm going to get into more of on the situation with Kansas City before, more than I would with the Patriots. But the Patriots, before we get to that, the Kansas City's issues, the Patriots, although they found their way into a victory, they found something in the, in the offense. They have their own situations. Once again, another week. We're going to be talking about Belichick and the potential of him no longer being the coach there. 
there's a likelihood, and the rumors are that Robert Kraft, which has been reported by a source, not my source, but a uh, media source, um, I believe the NFL Network or uh, CBS Sports, I can't remember which uh, source that was, but they reported that Robert uh, Robert Kraft has already made a decision on deciding to potentially part ways by the end of the season. Now, and a lot of fans are torn in between. A lot of fans. And the only thing I could, there's a few things I want to talk about when it comes to that situation real quick. For one, folks, it ha- there's time. It, it's time to go. It's time to go. It, it's okay. It's okay to be a fan of the coach. And listen, nobody goes to these games to watch Belichick coach. Nobody goes to these games to see how well he schemes against the other team. No. They're here to watch the quarterback. They're here to watch the dynamic playmakers. They're here to watch the dynamic uh, pass rusher the cornerback that made an athletic play. They're not here to watch Belichick. So miss me with the whole idea that they desperately need him there still. No. The Patriot way has come and gone. It left with Tom Brady because it became the the Brady way. It come and gone. People weren't, people, the first, the first 10 years of the, the dynasty was led by Belichick and his genius. Not to say he's no longer a genius. He is. Don't get me wrong. He is. The first 10 years was him because all his past players or players that he either recruited, not recruited, but Leo scouted, players that he knew from other coaches, that he knew that they were talented, he brought them in. Frables, the, the Roman Pfeiffers, uh, you know, the, you know, Willie McGinnis was already there. Um, you know, Teddy Bruschi was already there, but he coached those guys up in which he brought other players like them that to that team. Um, Ted Washington, uh, he he drafted well defensively. And mind you, again, he drafted well defensively the first 10 years. Offensively, you know, he had the Dion Branches on the draft. He had some, a few guys like running backs that he got. They They swung and missed a lot. And then the trend started happening more and often, not more often than none. And luckily enough for him, he had Tom Brady for a long time still, who for every for those who want to always say, yeah, you know, Tom Brady took a discount. No, Tom Brady did what, what Shohei Itani did. For those who don't know, Shohei Itani signed a $700 million contract for 10 years with the Dodgers. But he's only going to take 10, $2 million of that for the next 10 years. So he's going to get paid $20 million for the next 10 years and defer the payments when he's either retired or he's moved on from the Dodgers. All right. There's some clause in there if if the if the baseball operations uh, the the chief of baseball operations decides to leave, he may opt out as well uh, at some point. But in the in in the moment in the in the meantime, he is currently there. He deferred his payment in the back end. In the NFL, how this works, from what I understand, they do this a lot. They'll restructure contracts. So they make the salary for that player, said player like Tom Brady. Let's say Tom Brady was a $25 million quarterback. And his salary was supposed to be like $15 million. Just throwing out a number. They defer that in the sense of like, they'll front load that. They'll be like, here's a signing bonus of that $15 million, And the rest of your $5 million will be a salary or maybe less than that. Or they'll, they'll push that to the end of his contract. So that's why they always you always see these guys get restructured on their contracts towards the end of it or in the mid midway through or you'll probably see that going forward with a lot of these quarterbacks that just signed some big deals. They're going to be restructuring their contracts cuz they want to bring talent around them. So what Tom Brady did was to help Belichick get opportunities to sign guys in free agency to help him out on the offensive line, pass catching, Whatever defense he deferred, and it worked. But it worked to the point where the guy turned forty, and he was like, "I am worth more than this. I'm saving your ass." <laughs> like that last Super Bowl they won without him. Although the defense was pretty dominant, without him beating Kansas City, there is no talk of this. He shit like Belichick wanted to move on from him before that. That's what we know. But reality is, 
time has gone, and I don't think the t- I don't. I think I mentioned this on Twitter. I, I, I said something maybe in the, the lines of like the, the game has passed them by. I don't think it really has passed them by, but it's just a moment like that when you're doing something for so long, you're so used to a, a particular way you do it. Sometimes you need to take a step back and try to realign yourself. So the best way I could explain this, like for example, Sean Payton took some time off. He took a year off, went to went to the broadcast booth or went to the analyst analyst role, and then boom, he got a job with Denver. Um, he needed to learn a few things. He may have needed to learn a few things about how to be a better coach or how to change up his, the way he coaches offense so on and so forth. So that's why it kind of was a slow climb for him with this current Denver team. But um, same goes for, I'll, I'll use Mike McCarthy, for example. And those two guys, the, 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 here's the thing about those two guys that I'm bringing up. The, the best example, the, the reason why they're the best examples because they both coached um, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. They've seen so much success in their career, early on in their careers. And they both needed to take some time off before they went to their next team. And they've, and as we all see, Mike McCarthy has a winning record with Dallas. Probably Dallas is probably the second best team in the NFL right now. Drew, um, I'm sorry, um, Sean Payton has found a way to make Denver watchable again <laughs> with Russell Wilson, whether that be his future quarterback or the or whatever. It's working. So I'm not saying I don't think you know. Belichick's too old to say I'm going to take a year off. Who knows? He might, um, but he'll be still under the the you know under contract or under the terms of the Patriots. So the likelihood here is that he may end up getting traded to a franchise that desperately needs a coach that's going to revamp their franchise for the the short short term. Um, due to his age, I don't I don't I can't see him doing like a ten year contract or anything like that. Maybe like a three year contract with rights to, you know, control the 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 GM role and so on and so forth. There's rumors that it's potentially the Chargers. They just fired their head coach, Brandon Staley, and their, their GM. Um, I would not be, if I was the Chargers, I would not be inclined to do that at all. Um, if I'm a team that just had a defensive minded coach and couldn't succeed succeed defensively nor have i been able to succeed offensively i would refrain from deciding to go that route now where where do i believe he should go i'm contradicting myself here right now but i think washington makes a lot of sense still he's been known to stick with northeast type teams he'll be back in the nfc east he wanted he would like to stick it to the the giants one uh, one more good go around um and that's a team that has a new owner ownership group uh a lot of talent um that would fit his needs uh i think that would be a match made in heaven that that would be where i would trade a second round pick to the new england patriots and a player for him i would do that in some cash like i would do that if i'm the if i'm the commanders but who knows we don't know there's 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 Many more firings to be to come, and we'll see who's going to be needing his services in the future. But yeah, Bill Belichick situation—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's interesting, and it's interesting to see how fifty-fifty it really looks like in the amongst the fan base. They some can some would prefer him to stay just because they believe. Why would you let you know somebody of his stature to to just walk away or get traded? Listen, folks, it, it time like again, like I started off saying, like time has gone by. Like you gotta accept change. The everything that came with that Patriot way has expired. <laughs> like we can't you can't recreate that wheel no more. It's it and this team's about to rebuild. Like a lot of the signings they made in the last couple years and you know, the Mac Jones situation, that's all changing. That's all changing this coming off season. So Expect a lot of change out of Foxborough um, in the next month or so, possibly. We have four more weeks left in the season, and I, I did mention the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm gonna, I will bring them. Well, we'll here, here's what we'll do: we'll talk about that game and some notable games for that week. I'm gonna bring up my uh, my my trusty 
uh, sports book here that I use. Um, I'm not going to name no names because they don't sponsor me. They ain't paying me. You know what I mean? But if they want to, they, they tell, you know, whoever is listening, tell them to hit my line. I'm more than willing to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, put put them out there as uh, a ref, referable uh, source as far as uh, odds are concerned. I do also want to mention that uh, Jaden Daniels of uh, LSU won the Heisman. So I, I I did I last I recorded the Heisman was um being uh announced so he congratulations to that young man another great story of another um marvelous season for a black athletic quarterback i love to see it i always do love to see it you know what i mean and in his draft um stock went way up after that of course um so congratulations to him and um with that being said a lot of bowl games are starting this week um, at the end of the month, we're going to have our college football playoffs as well. So we'll talk more about that um, in the coming days. Um, but let's get to some games here. I want to get to like the Saturday games, which, again, a lot of y'all will probably listen to this like hmm, Sunday morning, hopefully, maybe later. If I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But we have three games on Saturday. Uh, those three games is uh, the Vikings are going to be in Cincinnati. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to Indy and the Broncos to the Lions. Uh, between these three games, the biggest one, the biggest game out of these three for me is uh, the Denver and Detroit game, which is the eight fifteen game because Denver is fighting for an opportunity to get into playoffs and Detroit has been kind of they They lost two of the last three games they played and they've somewhat started to start they've been starting to struggle Jared Goff has been turning the ball over more often than none uh offense has kind of been um you know kind of like iffy um but uh these are going to be my predictions about these games I'm not going to get into into too much detail but um I do want to say that it's been kind of impressive to see how well Jake Browning has been playing uh, consecutive 300-yard games, passing. Um, the, the Cincinnati Bengals defense has been stepping the fuck up. Um, not to say that the Vikings defense hasn't been either. Um, they only gave up zero points last week, right, um, to a team that just dropped 63 last night. So this might be a defensive battle, honestly. Um, they, the Vikings have benched Joshua Dobbs down to, like, third string, which – that kind of eliminates my comeback player of the year um, favorite there. Um, Nate Mullins will be taking over under center. But um, right now, it looks like the uh, Bengals are favorite minus three, uh, over under a 40 and a half. Um, this game for me, this game is like a toss up, to be honest with me. I'm, I, but I'm going to take the Bengals straight up honest uh, in this game. I don't think they're going to blow them out. Um, I don't think it's going to be a touchdown win. It may be two touchdowns, to be honest. Um, but uh, I could see it being much closer because I could see it being a defensive battle between those two teams. But it, uh, if if you're a betting person, definitely take the un- take the under on this one. I could see it going seventeen ten type of deal. So, um, so seventeen ten Bengals. That's the one o'clock game tomorrow afternoon. Uh, next game will be at four thirty. Yeah, uh, Steelers going to Indianapolis. The Colts are favored at minus one and a half. Minshew Mania over there. Um, Pittsburgh is kind of struggling. They've been struggling all season with their offense. Um, uh, they've already, as many already know, they have already fired their OC back Canada a couple weeks ago. Um, but they lost their starting quarterback, which for all the those who want to use comparisons and talk shit about Kenny Pickett, at least the kid doesn't turn over the ball often. And then now you plug in Mitchell Trubisky, you're asking for trouble there. So the offense has been struggling defensively. They played well second half against the Patriots. But aside from that, if you can't score touchdowns and your your defense is always on the field, what do you fucking expect? So 
to be honest with you here, I, I, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think they're going to rally. Tomlin's going get, to get on their ass, but it's going to be another close game. This is going to be another game that I can see going under. The, the total is 42 and a half. I can see it going under that. Another close game. Um, give me the Steelers, uh, 23 to, um, uh, 23 to the 14. Um, I think it's going to be that type of game. Uh, cause although the Colts can be, they're, they're one of those streaky offensive teams. They could be really good on offense or really bad. It, I, I, I can see their defense being more effective in this game, but I think Pittsburgh will figure something out to get that offense rolling for once. Um, they need to understand that they're a running team right now and get that ball to those running backs. Um, George Pickens, brother, you need to just settle in, dude. Um, your time will come to, to ball out, but your, the mannerisms are tough to watch sometimes. The kid is talented. You're not that talented to just not show any effort. So that's I think there's a culture issue going on in Pittsburgh, and I don't really think it's a Tomlin thing. I think it's just the kind of guys they bring in there. Yes, they're talented. They're great. They they they're you know they have a lot of upside, but it's like it doesn't match with what Tomlin's energy is. Like Tomlin is like a Tomlin is like the strict father. <laughs> like, but the strict father that will still do a TikTok dance with you. That's who Tomlin is. So it's like. You got to get with it or get without it. And um, he could just tolerate just so much. So hopefully the energy shifts for them. They're fighting for those. Both teams are playing for fight, playing for playoff spots. All, actually, all three of these games are big playoff. This big playoff implications on three of these games. So we should be getting some good football this weekend, at least on Saturday. Uh, but last but not least, Detroit's playing uh, at home against the Denver Broncos. Um, they're favored at four and a half. Uh, I'm going with the Broncos. Um, I'm going with the Broncos to win, but I can see if, they, if, but if, if, if for whatever reason, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm still going to take the, take the plus four and a half. Another close game here They're defensively, they've gotten so much better since that shellacking they got from the, um, the Miami Dolphins early in the season. Detroit has kind of been kind of iffy. They're getting away from their their bread and butter a little bit uh, offensively and defensively. Ever since they've lost a few of their guys in the back end of the defense, they've been they looked very very suspect. Uh, they've given up a lot of yards, a lot of points to some pretty you know suspect offenses as well, um, to say the least. Um, they got their ass handed to them by the Chicago Bears uh, last week, so. Detroit is out for blood, but we'll see, man. Denver is just well, too well coached. Um, Russell Wilson looks like, I'm not going to say a prime version of himself, but he looks like the, 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 what we would call the, the game manager um, that he had been with Seattle. So uh, give me the Broncos to win it. Uh, give me the Broncos 23 to 21. In a close one, uh, in Ford Ford Field in Detroit. Uh, those are the Saturday games. We do have some more games on Sunday, of course, folks. Um, starting with, there's some notable ones. I'm gonna uh, point out. I'm just gonna point out real quickly the the Patriots game. Oh, we spoke about the Chiefs uh, briefly. Um, this game got flexed. This was this was supposed to be a Monday night football game. It got flexed because the Patriots are trashed um, record wise. Uh, as far as the whole team, they're kind of trashed, but they they you know they're watchable if you're, you're a fan. Um, but the Chiefs, this is a big big game for the Chiefs. They're favored at minus eight and a half. That's a big number for a team that has not been able to really score um, uh, consistently. Uh, Mahomes looks like. His kryptonite is Kadarius K- Tony. Um, no disrespect to Tony. I mean, the kid is talented, but man, 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 man. It's just the mental mistakes. The, the, it, mental mistakes go a long way. Mental mistakes are penalties. Mental mistakes is not catching the ball with two hands. Mental mistakes is, you know, not running the right route. 
not being uh, engaged in the offense. Those are mental mistakes. You're not in the game. The the one thing that I've noticed about the Chiefs, how they've been coordinated this year with Matt Nagy and not the enemy, they lack discipline on offense. There's so many offensive penalties from this fucking team. It's affecting quarterbacks are there to erase mistakes. Quarterbacks like Pat Mahomes are there to erase mistakes. Off schedule plays. That means that there's a the offensive line didn't hold the hold off on the pressure. A guy didn't run the right route. Buying time to get the ball down the field, get a first down, use their legs. That's what Pat Patrick Mahomes is that type of player. He could fix those things for you. But when penalties are getting are happening where Neutral, neutral zone penalties, stuff that you learned from when you were fucking peewee football, high school football, linemen and receivers? Come on, man. Understandable that the Chiefs are, were so frustrated after the, the Packers game and not getting that call from, for MVS, that, that defensive play, the defensive pass interference, which I, it was, which I agree it should have been. But it was like there were so many things happening in that one minute, like, the unsportsmanlike conduct or roughing, you know, roughing the quarter, whatever the fuck that was when, when Mahomes was not even out of bounds and he got hit and they called that flag on the the Packers giving MVS, um, the, the, the clock stoppage, um, stating that he went out of bounds. Like those little things like were happening throughout that game. So for the, the I feel like that was a makeup call by the refs and it was an unfortunate moment for that. And yeah, the, the, the chiefs took it as, champs at that point after that game but man the frustration elevated um seeing how things went down from the last game against the bills um calling that neutral zone neutral neutral zone offsides on um Kadarius Tony and Mahomes was upset and I, I understand his frustration and the frustration I don't think was solely directed towards the referees but it was more directed towards his offense and hopefully they figured it out this week because losing three in a row and losing to the Patriots will be the loudest thing they ever heard in the last year. So for their sake, I'm going with the Patriots to cover, but the chiefs to win. I think the chiefs will take care of business. They'll win 24 to 21 or maybe 24 to 20 actually. In Foxborough, Mahomes will be efficient. He may throw a pick or two, but he'll be efficient enough to get them um, figured, get them the victory. But I think the Chiefs' defense will be the def- the, the, the difference in this game because I can't see Bailey Zappi having another great game. Um, he got shut the fuck down against Pittsburgh second half, so and their run game was like non-existent. So be sure to understand the Patriots' offense has not been resolved. It just had a good half so far. So uh, I can see the Chiefs taking care of business in that game. Um, another notable game in the 1 o'clock, um, t- um, which we don't have a lot of 1 o'clock games this week. Actually, we do. I lied. I lied, folks. We do have a few. But another notable one I want to go with is the Jets going to Miami. The Dolphins are hosting the Jets. They're favored at minus nine and a half. I don't know how that spread's going to swing, depending on Tyreek Hill's availability. He's a game-time decision, they've said, or questionable. Um, I feel for everyone. Listen, I have Tyreek Hill in the fantasy league, in one of my fantasy teams, uh, and it's a team that that I'm 13 and one. I got a bye week. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. But to those who have Tyreek Hill going into the playoffs this weekend, I feel for you. And I know he's going to do everything in his power to actually play. But if he doesn't play, that game might not be as much of a blowout as the the books are assuming. The Jets are, if if Zach Wilson plays anywhere close to how he played last week, this game is going to be much closer than I think. Man, listen, I'm going with the Jets. If Tyreek is out, I'm going with the Jets. I'm going with the Jets um, straight up. Give me the Jets 28 to 24. Um, I also wanted to bring something up, too. I've seen a lot of chatter online about once Tyreek got hurt. They're like, so now you see 
Tyreek is the actual MVP of the team. That should not ever be a diss to the quarterback, folks. Yes. Just like the year when Brady won the MVP when he broke the record and also Randy Moss, I personally said Randy Moss should have been the MVP. Why? Because Randy Moss actually broke a record that would probably was never going to get broken again. 23 touchdown receptions in a season is insane for a wide receiver. Never been done other than Jerry Rice, and he did that in 14 games with 22. Brady broke a record that was already set by Peyton Manning, who broke the record from um, Dan Marino before him, which also still got broken again by Peyton Manning after that. So what Brady did was still impressive, yes, but about close to half of his touchdown passes went to one man, and he was completely dominant. So that... Thing is, what I'm trying to say is like, yes, Tua may not be your favorite quarterback. He may not have the Josh Allen arm or the 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 Mahomes scramble ability, improvisation, you know, in the pocket type play. Nor does he have a Joe Burrow like instant success situation. He may not have the build of a, of a you know. You know, he may not be as fast as Lamar Jackson. He may not have the build of of Josh. I get it. I get it. It looks weird coming out of a lefty's arm. I get it. But folks, this guy, when he was out last year, they lost games with that same roster on the offense. So let's not act like he's not effective for this offense. He actually is. Yeah, he actually is. Um, he's only but been win. He's only been just winning since he started playing in the NFL like when um <laughs> when they were trying so hard to not play him his rookie year or his first season or second season or his rookie year and but he still won games when he was out there I don't know but yeah Tyreek Hill obviously would be the most valuable player over him on his team and probably if it came down to it in the NFL but you cannot discredit how well Tua played Tua plays in general because for what it's for what it's worth, quarterbacks have to protect the ball. I think he does a decent job of that. He's been taking care of his body. Um, he doesn't he doesn't hurt the team more than he, you know, more than anything. Also, on top of that, I want to mention this too. When you lose a great player like a Tyreek Hill or a great running back mid-game or whatever the case may be, a great lineman mid-game, it changes the whole scope of what you want to do offensively. You may want to change your whole game plan right there. So yes, Tyreek Hill not being out there does affect how your quarterback's going to be throwing the rock. Because he probably just, he really does rely on that guy a lot for a lot of the misdirections and all that. So to sit there and discredit the kid, I don't know, folks. It's just weird to me when people do that shit. It's like you, I feel like people just watch sports just to, to, to find some chaos. And it's like, you're trying too hard, man. So I, I don't think he'll struggle without him, but I think the Jets are just, after hearing all this Aaron Rodgers news and possibility of him playing on Christmas Eve, they got they may have a little bit of juice, y'all. So ex- just expect that to be a pretty interesting game, to say the least. Um, but moving on, um, I got a couple. F- uh, I have a 4 o'clock game I want to talk about. Um, the only one that I like here is the Dallas Cowboys going to Buffalo. I don't know what the conditions are in that game, but they're going to Buffalo. Buffalo is actually favored at minus one and a half. Ooh. Um, I'm going with Buffalo. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going with Buffalo. I think they're going to find a way to win, man. Dallas is amazing at home, but they're not at home. They're going to be outdoors in the cold. In Buffalo, this, I think it's a rematch of the Super Bowl in 1990 or something. Like, there's gonna be a lot behind this. The 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 mafia's the Bill Ma, Bills mafia is gonna be outside. Uh, the Cowboys are not gonna be home. Dak Prescott is getting a lot of MVP buzz, which I, he much deserved. Um, and and again, it's his award to lose, folks. It's his award to lose. Um, but I, give me the Bills. Give me the Bills, and I think this is going to be a shootout. Give me the Bills in a shootout. Give me the Bills 34-31 in Buffalo, getting themselves back in the, in the playoff race once again. 
and also getting themselves back into the in the conversation of winning the division in the East. They still have a game left against the Miami Dolphins, who have a tough schedule going forward themselves. So give me the Buffalo Bills. I think that's one of the better games that we're going to be having on on Sunday. Um, but also, we have some great primetime games aside from the Saturday games. This is one of the better weekends for football. Not to not knowing what we're going to actually see, the assumption based on the matchups is going to be a good one. So the Ravens are going to the Jaguars on Sunday night football. Uh, T Law figured a way to 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 battle through that high ankle sprain. Um, although they did not um win last week, um. He battled, um, but this is a good. This is going to be a good game. This is this is a game that's a, with big importances, importance, uh, especially for the Ravens who have currently the um, number one seed. But the Jags are still in the running for that as well. Um, the Ravens are favored at minus three. Um, this game might be one of those closer games, of course. Um, the Jaguars will keep it interesting, but the, I think the Ravens just are probably the most complete team that we have here in the NFL right now. Um, they're getting healthy at the right time, although they don't have Mark Andrews um, and a few other guys that got hurt offensively, but they're figuring it out. Lamar Jackson looks like an MVP candidate still. Um, I got the Ravens winning this 27-20. Uh, to uh, Take care of business out there in Duval. Um so, but I expect it to be a pretty good game. I think it's one of those games where Baltimore will come back towards the end of the game and take the, the touchdown lead to seal the deal. Uh, and also, uh, we have the Eagles going to Seattle. I just saw uh, a stat that the, the Eagles have not beaten the Seattle Seahawks since 2006. Um, in their last seven matchups, the, the Seahawks, I think, are, are 6-1. and one. So, maybe this is a trap game. The Eagles look like a lot of people are seeing how much how much they're getting exposed defensively on their back end. Um, my only my only defense there is that they've been playing some very good offenses. Um, it's probably the hardest thing to do is to beat a team that is working in all cylinders on offense, like the the Niners, like the Cowboys. Uh, we could even say the Chiefs because you can never count out Pat Mahomes in these moments. Um, and also on offense, they just they they once they're forced to be one dimensional, they don't look the same. I think for the Eagles, they for, in order for them to find a way to win this game, they have to they have to set the tone on the ground. They have to be more balanced. Take the pressure off your defense, even if your defense puts pressure on you. Hold like. Longer, like take those drives down the field, like take longer drives. You have one of the better quarterbacks in the league that could do it with his arm and legs. Uh, Swift has been very serviceable. Even the backups have been very serviceable. You have two of the better wide receiver duels in the league, a very good tight end. Offensive line is probably one of the better offensive lines in the league. There should be no reasons you can't score more than 19 points even if you're playing the 85 Bears. Like, that offense is much better than what they showed against the Niners um, a couple weeks ago. And the same goes against the Dallas Cowboys like a week ago. Um, this is not the same Eagles thing, team that we saw in the beginning uh, last year, obviously. Duh. The coordinators have gone. They have new ones. And how much that has been affecting them, I'm not too sure. I'm not. I, I could I could probably get some insight from some Eagle insiders, uh, some Eagle fans that that I could use as uh, reputable reputable force uh, sources. Excuse me. Um. But yeah, like, give me the Eagles. I think they're gonna get back on the get get back on the winning um, grind again. Uh, this is the time of the year you need to build some momentum going towards the playoffs. They're obviously gonna be a playoff team. I believe after this win, they may clinch the playoffs as well, as did the Niners already have last week after the Packers lost on Monday Night Football. Um, give me the Eagles, 31-24. Uh, uh, Geno will be back. Um, Seattle does look 
like they're getting a little bit healthier again. Um, so, and they're in the hunt for a playoff spot. So they're going to be fighting hard on that night, on that evening. So when the lights are on, you never know. Uh, to me, I think the game's a bit of a trap game, but we will see how that goes, of course. Um, before I get to my final thought, I did want to talk about some comments that were made by Cam Newton um, when he was bringing up who he considers to be a game manager in the NFL. For one, I do agree with him in a sense of how he's trying to explain it. Like, he, Basically, he's, trying, he's just trying to make people understand, like, it's not a diss. It's just the reality is there's certain guys, you know, the whole, like, narrative that someone is a system quarterback and so on. I think every quarterback's a system quarterback, including himself. But I think what Cam Newton is saying is, because let's be honest, the man, is, the man was an MVP. To be an MVP in the league, you literally have to do game-changing. You have to have game-changing abilities, game-changing moments. Those of you who never watched Cam Newton 2015 version, who won MVP, you missed out. That was probably one of the most, that was like fun to watch. Like you, like anytime that popped up on Red Zone, I'd, I'd be here amazed. Like man was doing all types of dabbing on them hoes every fucking touchdown plus his superman pose you feel me let's not act like the man ain't don't know what he's talking about and i and and, and to his argument i agree again there's a lot of like journalists out here that and fans that want to talk about his his opinion and discredit how good he was and it's like man listen y'all don't Y'all, have y'all played football past peewee? Like, even for myself, like, I only played organized tackle football till my, to, for one year, in, till my one year in college. And that was it. And I only went through training camp in the first week. And, and because of scheduling conflicts, I, I had to decide on my education over football at that time. But I played flag football organized for many years, um, all types of flag football. So I have an understanding of the game and understanding of how it goes down. I've spoke to actual NFL players, and um, I, I've been in rooms with people who've coached football. So I have an understanding of the game, but I've never been a professional athlete. So for me to, to talk shit about how professional athletes' opinion on something that they've already gone through, it's just like somebody who's been in the service who went to war and then I'm sitting here critiquing the uh, something in the, in the topic of war. They're going to look at me like, motherfucker, let me talk about this. Cause I've been through that shit. So I, I have to excuse like anytime those type of conversations come up, I'll excuse myself. Cause I, and now and you have to leave a disclaimer. I was, I never experienced this, but what I believe is this, but I don't have any true, true experience of it on myself. Yes, and I agree. Like I said, I agree. These journalists, media heads that want to say things, use this opportunity as a hot take or a clickbait or a headline, you know, grab. They'll do anything to, to, to undermine or discredit athletes that just have too much more knowledge. That's why I, 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 I specifically enjoy watching podcasts or listening to podcasts from former athletes or Better yet, people who have inside knowledge of their of the particular topic, like you are talking within the organization and learn and knowing a lot of stuff. Not somebody on I'm not even gonna name channels. Not those people. Not the gentleman that sat there and he never picked up a basketball and shot one. Or the guy who never went in between the tackles to run for a touchdown. None of I don't want to hear from the dude. That's why I love when I see certain dudes like JJ Reddick and you know whatever they'll 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 shut your shit down before you talk too much about what you think you know. You know if you feel me so and this is not to say some journalists don't have the right to speak. This is your it's your it's your right as an American to to give your opinion and state what you want to say, but don't discredit the, the man for what he's saying. He has a point. He's right. There's some guys that are truly come off as game managers. Now 
Let's get into that. What is a game manager? Is, is Brock Purdy one? Is Tua one? I wouldn't say so. Because for you to be a game manager, your team is front running a lot. Meaning your defense takes, takes care of business. And what you do is not turn over the ball. You hand it off a lot. And you don't really pass the ball a lot. In this NFL, that's no such thing as that no more. The NFL, the passing game in the NFL is like the three-point shot in the NBA. There's a lot of it. <laughs> like a team could be up two, touch, two, three touchdowns and they're not running the ball. They're still throwing the shit. You know what I'm saying? A team could be just down by a, a three points or so with an opportunity to, to take the lead at the one-yard line and all they need to, need to do is run it. They'll fucking pass the ball. The game has changed so much that passing is just the way they, they prefer. So that's why something like the brotherly shove works so well because these guys aren't getting coached on some scrums or like inside runs like that anymore. They might, they might, but the, the in, defensive tackles are not that big anymore. <laughs> offensive shit, offensive tackles. You know, I'll get get into that. Like offensive tackles kind of struggle these days too, because or offensive linemen because these defensive linemen are built for speed and power and rushing. They are, they are, the league has a lot of great pass rushers. And there's very, there's some that, some pass rushers are pretty decent on the defensive, on the, on the run game. But you ain't seen no 330 pounders that often anymore. There's a very select few out there, yes. But it's not that popular like it used to be. These guys are much smaller and, and, which means your offensive lineman definitely gets a little small because they're getting they need to be athletic enough to protect. Um, so that's why you see a lot of issues these days from what you've been seeing. You know, like defensive linemen, pass rushers are complaining about no calls on defensive holding. I mean, offensive holding or like egregious um, penalties from the offensive. The league doesn't want to call those folks. They want to. They want these guys to not be so obvious with the holding. They'll let it go. So with all that said, what Cam Newton was saying, I agree fully. This is the reason why I did this podcast. I don't have no motives whatsoever to uh, undermine or disrespect these athletes. They're great people. Like I, I, I try my best to give you all the real about what I believe is something they the passion behind it, what I find is a pet peeve of mine about the game, the game itself, or the people who cover the game. But I want to be of a source of knowledge more than anything. Um, there'll be some jokes. I'm, I'm gonna crack my jokes. I'm gonna crack my shit. I'm gonna talk my shit. I will do that. But I'm not here to give you a like to do headline shit, whatever. Although the title of this episode will be kind of on, a, I'm, I, it's there's a reason for it because I think it's funny to me. But um, but yeah, like what he said aligns uh, straight up aligns with closely. Like a lot of former players are going to be talking about how the NFL is nowadays because from the, now they're from the outside looking in. They're like, this ain't the same NFL I grew up watching or playing. So they're going to make their they're going to have their opinions. You got to respect their opinions. Don't don't go sitting there throwing out stats on. Look at Cam's number versus Purdy. Like, shut the fuck up. That shit's stupid. That's lazy. We talked about debates and comp comparisons last episode. Stop being lazy when it comes to shit like this. Stop being lazy. The game of football is evolving. There's more running quarterbacks than ever. The ball is always in the fucking quarterback's hand. Like, they they could win it or lose it, even though it's I don't even believe in that. Like, they... Yes, they could lose the game, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, I think that's all opinionative. You know, that's all subjective in a sense. Like, some people will, some people will look at that shit differently than I would. You know what I'm saying? But listen, folks, before you go out there and go to like pro football reference and look up stats of a former player who has an opinion, do yourself a favor. <laughs> And stop right there. Because that's as lazy as, as it fucking gets. I think, you know, obviously, yes, Brock Purdy has been a great quarterback this season. He sh deserves to be in the in the VP uh, conversation. But you got to look at, to, to, to 
consider somebody an MVP or consider somebody elite, you got to look at the whole thing. You got to look at the whole thing. The reason why Tom Brady gets that GOAT status the way he does, he was throwing the ball to nobody sometimes. And they were winning games. They were in Super Bowls. They were winning Super Bowls when the defense could not hold their own weight. He was doing things that were different. Peyton Manning came to the league and owned the no-huddle offense. He owned the fucking, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, he owned a lot of what he did. He was like, he was, if you, he's a game manager. And, and, And let's be honest. If you want to be specific about that term, game manager, he managed the game correctly. He was the offensive coordinator on the field. So if you want to go that far, like, you don't, there's no, there's no disrespect to being a game manager. I think the way Cam said it, I don't think he meant to, I don't think, the way he meant to, to explain it, he should have explained it a little bit better in the sense of saying, like, not necessarily as them being game manager, they were just, a product of their environment. Those Shanahan tree type quarterbacks, they are a product of their environment. That shouldn't not be a diss. It should be a compliment to the, the offensive the offensive geniuses that those quarterbacks are in, are you know connected with. And also the fact that those same quarterbacks are actually progressing and becoming better better quarterbacks. So it's just a war a war of words at that point. And but with all that said, I do agree with him as far as the generalist situation. I do also agree with the game manager, you know, topic. But I think he could have voiced it a little better. That's all I gotta say. But nonetheless, this is my final my final thoughts coming up right now. Uh, my final thought today, the Spain's final thought. I want to talk about uh, Drabo. <laughs> I want to talk about Draybo. Um, that's Draymond, Debo combination, combination. Um, yeah, I, the reason I want to bring this up as my final thought, I want to say this straight up. I will say this straight up. Draybo is out of control at the moment. Yes, you know he he really pulling up like Debo, doing whatever the fuck he wants, not caring, not one bit, and. It's not making sense. Now, my only thing is, for one, one thing is one thing for sure. Who knows what's going on with Draymond? Some issues? No. I hate, I'm hating to, I hate to see right now that a lot of folks, including players that know him or players that are playing against him or his coach saying that, making comments as if he has a mental health issue. Now, if that is the case, and I would rather him tell us than other people, it's just like you don't ever want to insinuate someone's having an issue and speak for them. That's not fair, right? Now, if you're assuming because of how he's lashing out or he's playing uberly aggressive, that's just the way you're viewing it, but you... If you really are concerned about him, then reach out to him and find out what's going on. Now, if you say he's all right, fine. You got to move on from that. But don't come out and tell the world, oh, I think, you know, this will help him in his personal life. Like, the man's a good family, man. He he doesn't bring basketball back home with him. Most great players don't if they're married. They don't bring basketball back home with them. They, they're worried about their family after that. When they, when, they, when they put the shoes up into the locker room in their locker and they leave in their nice car, go home, the last thing in their mind is like, what happened in that game? Now, again, yes, you, you know, because the emotions of the game is tough. To, cl- to click that off is a, is a, is a lot of work. That's that, that, you got to really train yourself for that. But to assume that he's having some personal issues that's leading to his out, out, outlandish, you know what I'm saying, misconducts, is kind of absurd. It's kind of over, over, overboard in a sense. The other thing for me here is um, <laughs> the fake outrage from fans of the sport. And I'm sitting back, and the reason why this bothers me is because, I don't know, maybe I'm desensitized. Like, I've watched basketball for – that was the first sport I fell in love with, like basketball. I've watched, I remember watching basketball when I was like a kid, like six years old, five, six, seven years old. And 
growing up in the '90s, you're you become a Michael Jordan fan. So, which means if you were watching a lot of Michael Jordan games, you were watching a lot of Dennis Rodman. So you you did see the Dennis Rodmans, or if you watched a lot of Lakers twenty two early two thousand dynasties, you saw a lot of Sheed Wallace, right? Uh, we we remember seeing Latrell Sprewell hearing about him choking out his coach. Um, you know, we grew up with Ron Artest. You know what I'm saying? Not to, and those were like and keep in mind, it's not, it's not every team doesn't have a Draymond situation. That is understandable. So nobody, I'm not condoning or justifying his actions whatsoever. I'm just saying, cut it out, folks. Like y'all are just so outraged about this is not this not should be in the this should not be in the league. They need to kick him out. Okay, like as if he just is he banging people out. Like is he like giving people two pieces? Like I've seen Chris Paul being in more fights in the, in the NBA than than Draymond Green. Yes, Draymond Green has done some dirty ass shit, but it's like. To kick somebody out in the league because they doing shit like that, like come on, bro. That's like you. It's just like parents out there who, if you're a parent, you're saying that, but your child is over there, you know, beating up their the beating up kids at their school, and you're like, I don't think my child deserves to be suspended. I maybe you know maybe something else is going on. Like you'd be ready to fight for that kid. You know what I'm saying? So don't contradict. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a bad day. Draymond may have more bad days at work than we than we than we believe. But to say that the guy needs to be like kicked out of the league, and, you know, this is you know I'm getting you're getting agitated about his situation all the time. You might want to just stop paying attention to the basketball then, like it shouldn't be that deep. But nonetheless, Draybo definitely be wilding. Um, hopefully. I think this indefinite, from what Steve Kerr said, is it is true. Like not giving a, giving a, a particular amount of games is the right thing to do. I don't think he's going to do any more than seven or eight. Um, he'll probably be back uh, right after New Year's. But I think this may be a moment for him to like reflect and understand. Like what you're doing may not work no more. Like the 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 bodyguard position like yes you want to you're you're loyal to your, your teammates you're gonna defend your coach you're gonna defend your team that's fine but going above and beyond and like you know ill-advisedly like the, the ill-advised like backhand and the fucking emphasizing on stepping on a player and i don't know if he has a thing against european players he might but it's like you gotta give it a break it's is the the they're catching up. They're catching up to you now. Now they're gonna give you indefinite suspensions. Now what are you gonna do? So take this counseling. Talk about whatever he's going through. That's gonna be between him and his his therapist. Whatever. I don't really think the man has an issue outside off the court that's leading to some issues on the court. I think he's just going. He's doing. He's he's what we would call a tryhard. He's trying too hard because his. Other skill sets are diminishing year by year. So what he needs to do, and he and this we've seen this since the finals. That's and he even mentioned it on his podcast, like he hasn't been playing the best basketball of his career. So for him to feel like Draymond, he has been doing a lot of un Draymond esque non like non football. I said non football because it feel like football, but non basketball stuff, and it's like. It's a little over the top, but to be fake outraged, uh, I think it's a little much, man. Like, I think I've watched a lot of crazy shit in the bas- in basketball for me to, I, I can't sit here and be like, you know, upset of how the man wants to play basketball. Now, you know, one day he's going to be out the league. You're not going to even remember any of this shit. You might, it comes and goes. Um, but. That's only that's my final thought. I just think I wanted to address that because I think some, I think that's just been such a headline for the last week from the incident happening on its own uh, a few days ago to the recent indefinite suspension, and here comes John Morant coming back from his twenty-five games. So there's going to be a lot of rumblings and such and such about you know how the NBA handles 
the misconduct of these players off and on the court. And just don't don't ruin your viewership for the sake of your how you passionately feel about a player and how they are so like that's all I gotta, that's all I gotta say. But anyways, I appreciate y'all for wasting an hour with me. Uh this is Jeff uh well my name is Jeff, but this is the Spain. Uh, thank you for joining me for another episode of Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Sports Talk. I'm just saying. And we'll do this again, alright? This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Yeah, to make a little yeah, 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 yeah. Some get a little, some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get none.